Podcast. I am your host, Josh Reynolds. This is episode number nine. I don't even know what we're going to call it because so much has happened. Uh, Tyrese Maxey is hurt. Joel Embiid is on an absolute tear. Giannis hates ladders and even more so hates people who make less money than him. <laughs> the New Jersey Devils have won 12 games in a row, which I am selfishly thrilled about. Uh, my Utah Utes still somehow have a shot at the Pac-12 title game. Uh, despite losing to Oregon last night. The Birds are 9-1, and one, the Jazz keep winning, and the Sacramento Kings are actually fun. Never thought I would say those words out of my mouth into this microphone, but here we are. Wow. How's everybody doing? <laughs> Let me start off by apologizing. So I've known this about myself for a while, but my wife so lovingly put and mentioned on my last podcast episode that I sound really nasally. I am always congested. This week, I've got a cold, so I'm even more nasally. The way that my wife spun it was, hey, maybe you should approach a company who does like nasal spray or something like that and try to get a sponsorship out of it. I think it's a fantastic idea, so that's what I'm going to do. But yeah, I apologize. Feeling extra nasally. I sound emotional. I'm not, although I've got a ton to be emotional about. Sports-wise, let's talk. Let's start at the top. Friday night against the Milwaukee Bucks, Tyrese Maxey rolls his ankle on a Bucks defender. Turns out they do x-rays negative. They do an MRI. He's got a little fracture in his foot. He's out at least two weeks. Absolutely brutal. Now, when Harden got hurt, I've said it on this podcast, that I was like, you know what? That sucks, but okay. Maxey can step up. He's going to have a great year. And you know what? He it, There were a couple games where it was a little off. The vibes were off. He just didn't it look like himself. He was rolling, especially against the Bucs. He was rolling. Now, the Sixers have already got bit by the injury bug. Shocker that I, I have said that phrase so many times in my life. James Harden's out with his foot injury. Tobias Harris has been out with a hip injury. Bless his heart, he doesn't play a lot, but Furkan Korkmaz, he's been out with a knee injury. Rough. Now Maxie's out. Just sucks. Especially a season like this where just the worst start imaginable they slowly start to put it together. Embiid, as I mentioned, is on an absolute tear right now, which we'll talk about in just a little bit. But now all the injuries just kind of deflate everything. Once the Sixers slowly started to get the ball rolling, it's brutal. Absolutely brutal. So somebody I want to talk about on the team who people are worried about, and rightfully so, kind of, is P.J. Tucker. So P.J. Tucker hasn't scored in three games. Now, that is a little alarming, but at the same time, we need to take a step back because the only reason this is really getting spotlight, I believe, is because the other players are out. We're losing games. So, of course, you're going to look at the stat sheet and be like, "Uh uh-oh, what's going on there? Why hasn't he scored? It is alarming that he hasn't scored in three games, of course, but P.J. Tucker is not that guy. He is one of those rare players who doesn't need to score to be effective. He is the guy who every single basketball coach, anybody who played basketball your entire life, he is the guy who your coach talks about, where he's doing all the nitty-gritty things, the dirty work, the stuff that doesn't show up on the stat sheets. Like, Philly didn't bring him in to score. Yes, of course it's alarming. He doesn't even attempt a lot of shots. There was a stat that I read that said he's he's, uh, on pace to average the fewest field goal attempts per game with three by any player playing 28 or more minutes a game. That's pretty crazy. But again, that's not his game. 
He will shoot an occasional corner three. He'll have an occasional rebound putback, little jump hook, whatever. That is P.J. Tucker's game. But I'm not concerned. I really am not. Again, it sucks. All the injuries suck. Maxi being out now sucks. Tobias being out sucks. All of this is not fun, but I don't think the issue is P.J. Tucker. But that's who people are going to talk about. Anyway, his offense comes in the... It comes in the flow of the game. It comes in the flow of the offense. So, of course, with Embiid being on the absolutely historic run he's on right now, P.J. Tucker's not going to be in there jacking up shots. He's pulling down rebounds. He's taking charges. He's locking up uh, defensively. Like, that's what he's doing. His plus-minus off the court is great. And, yes, the argument can be made that, okay, Embiid is playing some of the best basketball his entire career, which he is, and P.J. Tucker's on the court while that is happening. So, I get it. Totally understand, but... I think everybody needs to pump the brakes on P.J. Tucker, truly. I don't think that's the issue with this team at all. So let's talk about Joel Embiid's historic run because it truly is historic. Over the last four games, Embiid, these are his stat lines, the last four games, starting from the fourth game back and going uh, forward. 42 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists, 2 blocks against the Jazz. 59 points, 11 rebounds, 8 assists, 7 blocks. That still stat line is ridiculous. Uh, 32 points, 11 rebounds, 8 assists, 3 blocks, and then just barely against the Timberwolves. 32 points, 9 rebounds, 6 assists, 3 steals. What in the world? It's unbelievable. What really sucks about this run by Embiid is that it's not, yes, it's getting some love, but it's not going to get anywhere near the amount of love that it deserves because the Sixers aren't going to be winning games right now because of injuries. Just for the Sixers to be in games, Embiid is going to have to average 30 or more a night. And I I, I hope it's sustainable, but I don't know if it is. And especially after last night, there was a play towards the end of the game where Niang rolled up on, on accident, rolled up on Embiid's ankle, and it actually was really bad. And I'm curious to see the injury report for the game tomorrow against the Nets because I will be absolutely floored if he actually plays. It looked really bad. He stayed in the game, to his credit, stayed in the game, and actually played really well. I have to give a shout-out to the entire Sixers team who absolutely battled against the Wolves and fought hard, came down to the wire. Shake Milton had an awesome game. Stepping up for Max, he had 27 points. DeAnthony Melton had 19 and some huge defensive plays down the stretch. But it just it sucks. These injuries are brutal. And I don't love knowing that we've got Brooklyn coming in on Tuesday. And I absolutely don't love the thought of Ben Simmons just getting a little bit of satisfaction if Brooklyn walks out with a win uh, against a team full of injured players. Anyway. All right. We got to talk about it. We're calling it Laddergate. The ladder incident, Laddergate, whatever. We've got to talk. Every I'm sure you've all you know this by now, but for those who don't listen, we're just gonna or who don't know what's going on in the NBA, we're gonna recap it. Here we go. Friday night, Bucks Sixers game ends. The Sixers win. Embiid was incredible, absolutely incredible. Took over down the stretch. Giannis was not incredible. He already gets punked for his free throws. He shot four for fifteen from the line. Now. In the past, at 76ers games, if an opposing player misses two free throws back-to-back in the second half, everybody gets Frosties from Wendy's. This year, it changed to Chick-fil-A Nuggets, which is way better. They called it the Frosty Freeze-Out. I don't even know what they're calling it now, but 
Chick-fil-A is way better. I think we can all agree there. Everybody in attendance ended up with a 12 count of nuggets because he missed so many free throws. Hilarious. Anyways, after the game, Giannis wants to get some free throws up. That's great. Players do this all the time. Also, let it be known that workers, after every game, immediately following the game, go out and take the cameras that are located on the top of the hoop, on top of the backboard. They take them down. Every game. So Giannis goes out. He starts shooting free throws. Here's my issue. He didn't really wait. There were still fans in the building. He goes out, starts shooting. The camera guy brings his ladder over, and you can tell they have a little discussion. Giannis says something. You can see like the guy make a little hand gesture, like a shrug. And Giannis just shoves the ladder out of the way. It falls onto the court. He says he meant no harm by it. He just wanted to shoot two more free throws. Now, Montrez Harrell, Sixers, big man, also got into it with Giannis and his brother. Harrell was trying to get shots up too. This was before the latter incident. <laughs> Giannis shoots. Harrell grabs the ball and holds it. Tells him to leave. Go home. This isn't, this isn't Milwaukee. This is Philly. This is my home court. I want to get shots up. Get out of here. Montrez tweets right after this and says, Hey, make sure to get the complete story. I asked the man, can he get off the court so I can work out? They had to change the court over. He ignored me. So, hey, that's what you get. Respect is respect. Good night. Here's my thoughts on the whole situation. I don't care who you are. I don't care who the player is. It could be Joel Embiid, Giannis, Montrez Harrell, anybody. Shooting directly after the game is so dumb, especially with fans still in the building. If you want to get shots up afterwards, whatever. There's one employee, one reporter who's up leaving, and they look back down on the court. They see you working out. They get a little video of it. Whatever. That's fine. Giannis went right out. There were still tons of fans there. He says that he was trying to, quote, work on your game. Come on, bro. I know you had a terrible game from the line. I get that. I get ending on a miss. I get the frustration. Clear your mind. I get all of that. But come, just wait. Like, just wait a little bit. The The excuses I were getting from Bucks fans and people standing up for him were like, oh, he's one of the greats. He's just trying to work on his game. You can't blame him. Give me a break. Give me a break. One guy even compared him to Kobe. Are you kidding me? Kobe would never do that in a million years. Want to know what Kobe did after he had a bad game? Unfortunately, it was 10 in the playoffs. He quite literally flew back to L.A., got a key to a local school, locked himself in the gym for 24 hours, and I guarantee that entire offseason he worked on a shot. Give me a break with all this. Oh, I'm trying to get better. I'm trying to get better. I'm trying to work on my game. I shouldn't have to apologize for anything. Come on. You really want to get better? Do this in the freaking offseason. Not directly after the game. That's so dumb. It's cheesy, lame, corny, all of it. It really bugs me. I compared it to the Phoenix Suns team posting a workout video after their win, and that's exactly how I view it. I think it's really, really dumb. Again, I understand he had a rough night from the line. He wanted to get some free throws up. I get it. Just wait. Wait a little. It's so dumb. Giannis was in the wrong. He says he's not going to apologize because he doesn't feel like he did anything wrong. Stupid. He's in the wrong. Montrezl Harrell is in the wrong. Come on, bro. Really dumb. I understand, and I appreciate it from a Sixers fan standpoint. Great. But, like, come on. This story should be dropped, and it's probably the last time you'll hear me talk about it. Actually, that's a lie. 
I will for sure bring it up again, but I'm sure this will fizzle out. But I'm going to be in Milwaukee March 4th, the next time that the Sixers and Bucks play. And you bet your ass I'm going to have my ladder poster. I'm going to have a bucket of popcorn and my camera on my phone ready because stuff's about to go down. You can guarantee it. Circle that game on your calendar right now. Hilarious. Also, as my brother said, uh, that employee's just trying to go home, dude. It's Friday night. Somebody else, I read an article that said, the dude who took the camera down, he's not even an employee of the Sixers. He had to take them down to go elsewhere. I don't know if that's true, but you've got to look at it right now and just be like, dude, this guy's trying to do his job. Could the dude have sat back and waited a little bit and let Giannis shoot? Of course. But dude, shoot for forever. How does he know? He's just trying to do his job. I don't know. It was all handled poorly. I think this the whole Giannis is so likable. He is. Yeah, Sixers fans don't want to admit it. He's extremely likable. His whole story, the Disney movie, like everything is upbringing. He's super humble. At least he appears to be all this stuff. He's making like funny jokes and postgame press conferences. He loves smoothies, all this stuff he's never tried before. Oreos, whatever. He's likable. You get him on the court. He bugs me so bad. So unbelievably bad. Dude gets away with more travels than anybody in history of basketball. And I don't know. It's just, he's amazing. There's no comparing him to anybody else. That's why he's the freak. Like, he does what he does, and nobody else can do it. But he bugs me, man. And this this was just, this was a cherry on top. Anyway, that's it. That's it for me. That's it with all this ladder talk. Done. Okay, friends. By now you know I'm a huge fan of Griffles Plasma. But you may not know why I'm a fan. I mean, when I started donating plasma, I literally had no idea why I was giving. Where my plasma went, who it helped, if anybody, none of it, nada. But later, my dad had surgery and complications that he battled for like 14 years. That's when I learned all about plasma. And my whole family got on the plasma donation roster. Why? Because plasma makes medicines. And anyone, you, me, a friend, family member, heck, even an all-star shooting guard, anyone could need plasma medicine at any time. So if you're looking to help somebody, if you want to show your good side, give plasma. Sure, you get compensated every donation, but this is about so much more. Learn how plasma helps people and find a center near you at grifflesplasma.com. Tell them Josh sent you. This advertisement is a paid promotion. There's genuinely few things I love more than a quality shirt that represents my squads that I can wear any day of the week. My guys over at Die Hard Addicts have some of the best Philly sports shirts you could ever dream of. Whether it's the Sixers, the Phillies, the Birds, they've got you covered with all things Philly sports. We're not talking those like cheap, thin quality shirts either. They've got heavy duty, good quality graphic tees that are money. I just scored the Princess Diana shirt of her wearing that Birds jacket. Couldn't possibly love it more. Hit them up on Instagram at DieHardAddicts or visit them at their website at www.DieHardAddicts.com. When you find something you like, use code JOSH24 for 10% off your order. Diehard Addicts, providing diehards custom gear to support their addiction. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas. Arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Are you sick of spending time caring for your lawn? Have you spent too much time mowing it or even just keeping it alive? Are you tired of wasting resources and money watering it? If you are like me, the answer is yes to all of those. You should consider artificial grass. Beehive Turf out of northern Utah will transform your yard into looking beautiful all year round. Check out Beehive Turf on Instagram. Give them a call today for a free quote. Beehive Turf, take the sting out of caring for your lawn. So we have to talk about the New Jersey Devils. I know this, it's that's ball, folks. I get it. It's not hockey-centered, but... They're my favorite team, and I have to mention it. The Devils are on one of the longest winning streaks in NHL history currently. They go for 13 in a row tomorrow at home against the Edmonton Oilers. It is unbelievable. If you know anything about hockey and have followed it, you know that this New Jersey Devils team, uh, this is kind of out of nowhere. The last few seasons, they pieced together these good, young offensive weapons, gotten bit by injuries, goaltending's been suspect. Boom. Rattled off 12 in a row. Now, going through any winning streak of your sports team and favorite sports team is fun and fun as hell. I haven't been able to do it a lot, but it is enjoyable. The Eagles going uh, up to this point up until last week, so fun. Sixers have gone on little win streaks. The one that I think of was uh, back when Embiid got hurt. Uh, Fultz shouldered him in the eye right before the playoffs. They rattled off, I want to say, like 15 in a row. So fun. But this, it doesn't even hold a candle for me to this one. Going through this with my family, with my friends, everybody's so invested. I'm in a group chat with all of them during every single game. It's unbelievable. It is so much fun. Hockey genuinely is the funnest sport to watch. And I feel so sad for you if you are not into it. This is your moment. This is your notice. This is your wake-up call to get into hockey if you are not already. It is a blast. Shout out Jake, shout out Norm. You guys have been through hell. You deserve it. Congratulations. And let's get 13 tomorrow against Edmonton. Amazing. Let's talk about the Utes game for a little bit. Utes play at Oregon last night. We knew this game was going to be the toughest game on the calendar, on the whole schedule, probably besides USC, but we had USC in Salt Lake City, so we felt good about that. Cam Rising, Utah's quarterback, had the worst game of his career, not even close. And the Utes still were in the game. Still. I, I, I can't believe it. So the way the Pac-12 was set up, they had a North division and a South division. They got rid of that this year. So now they're just taking the two best teams, which pros and cons, that's, that's cool. But this is one of the cons, I think. So Oregon beats Utah last night. But Utah still has a shot. We still have a shot to get into the Pac-12 championship game. Let me explain what needs to happen. Utah plays Colorado at Colorado next week. They're favored by like 24 points. That's going to happen. UCLA, who lost a heartbreaker to USC, they need to beat Cal. I think that realistically could happen. Washington, who is playing amazing, they need to beat Washington State. Rivalry game. 
that could definitely happen. And the biggest one, Oregon State needs to beat Oregon. This game is at Oregon State, and this Oregon State team is an actual good football team. I don't know. I believe. If all of those happen, Utah's in. Utah plays USC again. Rematch in Las Vegas. And I'm in for it. I 100% believe it. There is no shot that Cam Rising clearly, okay, let's talk about this. Because during the game, all they talked about, all the commentators talked about was Bo Nix and how he was injured and his ankle and yada, yada, yada. They didn't mention a single time that Cam Rising was also dealing with an injury. We don't know what it was because Kyle Whittingham, the Utah head coach, keeps all the injuries close to his chest, never talks in detail about any of them. And he were waiting for him to run out onto the field uh, against Washington state. And he doesn't. So everyone's like, what the hell turns out? He banged up his knee a little bit. We have no idea to the extent, but clearly he has not been near the same quarterback that he was beforehand. He's got a big old brace on it. He's not nearly as mobile. Can't get around and it sucks, but there is no shot. that cam rising plays that bad again. No shot. I don't know. I believe. Let's make it happen. Go Utes. Go UCLA. Go Washington. And the biggest one, I am the biggest Oregon State Beaver fan this week you have ever seen. Let's let's make it happen. <gasps> Another team. We got to talk about the Eagles, the birds today. Uh, I went to the game last week against Washington. I'm going to blame myself. I think I was the bad luck. It was really unfortunate. I was out there for work. As I mentioned, I talked about the Embiid game. I was there. It was awesome. A little fun fact about myself. I have either the greatest, most hilarious luck you've ever heard of in your whole life or the worst hilarious luck you've ever heard of in your whole life. So the second I witnessed Embiid have his career game, I literally texted my wife and said, well, something bad's going to happen. And sure enough, Eagles win streak snapped and at home Monday night. Brutal. So I blame myself. I'm sorry. This week against the Colts was not any prettier. It was ugly as can be against the Colts team that is not good, but just playing with a little bit of fire under their new head coach, Jeff Saturday, which is hilarious, by the way. But they found a way. They found a way to win. Jalen Hurts is unbelievable. What he did in that fourth quarter, truly amazing MVP type stuff. Eagles advance. They go to 9-1. and one. And I just need to say this because it's no secret that Philadelphia sports fans are just kind of hilarious, uh, miserable, negative. Like when I say negative, it is negative. The most negative human beings you have ever heard of in your entire life. I saw a tweet after the game that says, quote, sorry, I don't find any of the Sirianni shit endearing when his coaching slash game plans have been garbage for a month now. Hertz is bailing the offense out. How he is bailing out the defense's inability to adapt with his mid-season signings. Figure it the blank out. <laughs> Come on, man. The Eagles just won. They're 9-1. and one. Yes, there were some things that were a little questionable. It was an ugly game, but they won. They won the game. They're 9-1. and one. Come on. You got to at least find the silver lining. There is no problem with being a little bit alarmed and, and saying that, oh, yeah, they need to figure it out. The play calling has been weird. I get all of that. But come on, man. I, I, I think it's hilarious. I say that I'm the most positive Philadelphia sports fan alive. I for sure am on social media. That's not even close. But finding just like you won the game. I tweeted it. I tweeted after every ugly win. You know what they say about ugly wins? They're wins still. And wins are the most beautiful thing on the planet. Like be positive. 
You won. You're nine and one. Hilarious. I don't know. I, I, it's just so funny to me. So negative. They'll always find something to be negative about. So let's transition to this because the basketball standings currently are amazing. The Utah Jazz, who I talk about all the time, they're 12 and six. They're first place in the Western Conference all alone. Portland Trailblazers, Dame just got hurt, total bummer, but currently, as is, they're sitting in third in the Western Conference. Somebody I never in a million years thought I would even mention on this podcast, the Sacramento Kings are in fifth place in the Western Conference. They have won six straight games, and they have beat some good teams. They beat the Nets. Now, the Nets, I'm not saying they're a good team, but they have really good players, and they for sure should beat the Kings. The Warriors and the Cavs. Those are just three of the six. De'Aaron Fox, who I've always loved, he dropped 33 today. Kevin Herter, who I've always hated just because of his time in Atlanta and what he did to the Sixers, dropped 24. Sabonis had 13 and 15. Harrison Barnes at 27. Like, they're actually fun. And that feels so weird to say. Because I don't think anybody has been able to say that about the Sacramento Kings since Jason Williams, uh, Peja Stojakovic, Doug Christie, Chris Webber back then. You could argue uh, with DeMarcus Cousins, but let's be real. The team wasn't fun. DeMarcus Cousins was fun because he was either going to drop 60 or he was going to get kicked out of the game. This Sacramento Kings team is a basketball team. They share the ball. The scoring's evenly dispersed. Like, what is happening? It's amazing. Now, they do have a really rough stretch coming up, and it's for sure, well, I don't want to say for sure because nothing is, but it's probably going to be a little bit of a, a reality check for them. They've got their next four games. They've got the Grizzlies, the Hawks, the Celtics, and the Suns. Going to be a little tough. But I just had to give a shout out to the Sacramento Kings because they are fun to watch. They are fun. They're straight up fun. That's the only way to put it. Sacramento, man, good for you guys. So to build off of the Eagles fan being negative in that tweet and just all the negativity, I found myself during the World Series, I was so mad, still and bugged about it. The Astros drive me nuts, but I was just throwing out a bunch of negative tweets. Not who I am. I'm a positive dude. I always find the silver lining. I'm grateful, happy, blah, 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 blah. Too much negativity for me on my timeline. And you know what? I wanted to spice it up a bit and get rid of that negativity. And I wanted to bring in the most positive thing in my entire world is my daughter. And I brought her on and I asked her some questions. So you know what? Away with the negativity. Here's some positive uh, positive stuff for you. Here's, here's my daughter. I am joined by my daughter, Millie. Millie, say hi. Hi. How are you doing today? Uh, good. Good. What do you think about uh, Giannis pushing the ladder over? Over. He pushed it over, huh? Yeah. Was that sad? Sad. What did it make you feel? Were you happy? Were you sad? Were you scared? Yeah. All of them? Wow. Okay. What do you do? You think the Sixers can be okay without Maxi and without Harden? Yeah. You do? Great. What? How come? Who's your favorite player? Is it JoJo? JoJo. Jojo? Sweet. Okay. Do you have anything else to say? Yeah. What do you want to say? Uh, me. You? Yeah. All right. Okay. Say bye, everybody. Bye. Love you. Love you. Doesn't get more positive than that. Love it. Thank you all again for listening. Please go ahead and subscribe, like, review, do the whole nine. Uh, Got a couple different giveaways going on. 
got some more shirts, got some more stuff given out. Um, got some other Sixer stuff coming up here soon too. So keep an eye out for that on my socials. Um, you guys are the greatest for real. Thank you for listening again. Love you all so much. Hope you have a great week. Be nice to everybody. Let's go. Let's go devils. Let's get that thing to 13. Let's go. <laughs> have a great week. And, uh, that's all folks. Oh, 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 oh